We are kicking off a new series, Proverbs, Old Wisdom for a New Day. There are two seemingly opposite sayings that are simultaneously true. The first is, the only thing that stays the same is that things change. And the second one is, there is nothing new under the sun. Those are both true because while things are always changing, there are some fundamental truths about life that never change. And the book of Proverbs is full of never-changing truth about life. And the uncertainty of our ever-changing world, uh, what that brings, that uncertainty, is unsettling, and we need some anchor points as we navigate today's challenges. One of our directives here at TFRC is transform lives. We live visibly different lives because of our faith in Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we don't want to be blown around wherever the winds of change may take us. We want to be anchored to the word of God. And so in this series, we will look at some of the teachings from Proverbs and tap into some old wisdom for our new day. Uh, you can go ahead and open your books to the, to the or Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Um, Proverbs comes right after Psalms. Psalms is one of the longest books in the Bible. That's why I kind of use it as a beginning point. It's about halfway through the Old Testament. If you can find the book of Psalms, Proverbs is right after it. You can also look it up on your phones. Uh, we're going to be starting in Proverbs 6, but we're going to be reading a proverb from chapter 12 and 10 and 13 and 15. So you may have to do some jumping around to keep up. Our scripture reader this morning is Andy Klein. So Andy, go ahead and make your way on up to the podium. As he does, I'm gonna ask if you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. We read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is to be central in our lives. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so Andy, whenever you're ready, please read some of the verses in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 6:23 For this command is a lamp this teaching is a light and correction and instruction are the way to life Proverbs 12:1 Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but whoever hates correction is stupid Proverbs 10:17 Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Proverbs 13, 18. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Proverbs 15, 12. Mockers resent correction so they avoid the wise. Andy, thank you very much. You may be seated. In professional sports, athletes are often disciplined for behavior which violates the rules and ethics of the game. Um, many times that discipline takes the form of being suspended from games. Uh, you can be suspended in professional sports from games for cheating, you can be suspended for things like taking performance enhancing drugs, you can be suspended for fighting. About a week ago, a Major League Baseball player was suspended for something that was kind of unique. I never heard about something like this happening. But basically, there were two M 
MLB players. They were talking on the field before a game, and they were on different teams, and they got into an argument. Again, these are two Major League Baseball players, and they got into an argument about fantasy football. Apparently, they were in the same fantasy football league last year. They got into an argument about it, and it escalated to where one player slapped the other player on the baseball field before the game began. He was suspended for three games. Um, And that was the MLB news of the weekend. MLB players suspended three games for a fantasy football feud. So there's a new MLB rule. You can't slap another player when you lose in fantasy football. Suspensions are a form of discipline and correction. And Proverbs talks extensively about discipline and correction. In the book of Proverbs, discipline and correction include a painful rebuke that leads you to change for the better. Now, hopefully, there are no more fantasy football fights on baseball fields. That would be a change for the better. But in order to get there, a painful rebuke needed to happen. That three-game suspension cost that player over $150,000. For a rebuke to lead to change, the person must receive the discipline. In other words, they must admit that they were wrong. The major theme to the preaching of Jesus. If I were to summarize it in one sentence, the major theme of the preaching and teaching of Jesus was, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent means to turn around, it means to change. And the first step in repenting is admitting you're wrong. It is being open to correction. The wisdom of the book of Proverbs is worthless if we are not willing to listen to it. And in order to listen to it, we must be open to being wrong. And if we are not willing to admit when we are wrong, there really is no hope for us. If we are not willing to admit when we are wrong, there is no hope for us. So we begin our series on Proverbs by focusing on this idea of correction. We need to be open to correction, because if not, the rest really doesn't matter. One thing that I find myself saying more and more, it's become one of my favorite sayings, some of you maybe have already heard me say this, I reserve the right to be wrong. I reserve the right to be wrong. Let me encourage you to adapt that adage. Reserve the right to be wrong. Because when we reserve the right to be wrong, we open ourselves to correction. And reserving the right to be wrong is part of the path of the way to life. Going back to Proverbs 6, verse 23, where it says, For this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. That phrase, way to life, the first time it appears in all the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3. After Adam and Eve eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they are banished from the garden, and God puts a cherubim, an angel, and a flaming sword to guard the way to the tree of life. Adam and Eve were blocked from it because they didn't listen to God's instruction. And this verse in Proverbs says that listening 
to God's instruction is the way to life. They were blocked from the way to life because they didn't listen to God's instruction. God's instruction is the way to life. And the word life doesn't simply mean existing. The word life is a quality of life to be attained. There are some things necessary in order to live. Then there are things worth living for. Following the word of God allows ourselves to give us a quality of life worth living. Ignoring that correction takes us off the path. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. God's word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Our path to the way of life. The purpose of following God's commands isn't to get a reward for being good. The purpose of God's word is to lead us to life. Which of God's commands are hard for you to follow? What command is just hard for you to follow? There are commands about greed and hatred and laziness and pride Lust, gluttony, envy, those are the things that keep us from experiencing a life worth living. Then there are descriptions of things like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things make life worth living. The commands that are hard for us to follow are the ones we must be willing to admit we are wrong about. That's called confession. And it is vital that we confess those things we have a hard time following because it helps us to remain on the path to life. It's reserving the right to be wrong. Reserving the right to be wrong, it makes us worthy of correction. Going to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Now, it's unusual to find a word like stupid in the Bible. Um, and while stupid isn't profane, it's a word that we don't really like to hear. You know, it's not uncommon for families to say, we don't allow anyone to call anyone else stupid around here, okay? But the Bible says... Whoever hates correction is stupid. That word for stupid is a reference to thinking like an animal. Animals often act on instinct, not information. And when we act on our instinct and not on information, well, that's stupid. The passage contrasts loving knowledge to hating correction. I once heard a counselor say, the facts are your friends, even the facts that are bad news for us. It is better to know a negative truth than to believe a positive lie. Bad news can be our friend because it forces us to adjust. If you are failing a class 
It is good to know that so that you can adjust. If your business is not doing well, it is good to know that so that you can adjust. If your flight has been delayed, it's good to know that so you can adjust. Some people don't want to hear bad news. And some people can't handle criticism. If you think you are above criticism, you are not worth it. Meaning, you're not worth giving criticism to. I will never offer advice to people who I don't think want to hear it. If someone is just going to be stubborn and they're not going to listen, it's a waste of my time. Jesus said, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Sometimes we just have to accept truth that is unpleasant for us. Every Monday, the preaching team debriefs the Sunday message. Tomorrow morning, myself and Devin and Brett, we're going to get together and debrief this message. And it's painful to hear criticism. And we give both positive and negative feedback. And we give the negative feedback gently. But it's painful to hear criticism, even when it's given gently. But it's a discipline for us. It's a discipline for me. Because if I am not open to correction, then I'm not worthy of it. Bad news can be your friend if it forces you to adjust. Reserving the right to be wrong, it prevents wandering. Prevents wandering. Going to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17, where it says, whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Now, a few of you may know who I'm about to talk about here, but I'm not mentioning names. But back in the mid-90s, there was an 18-year-old who wrote a book on Christian dating, basically saying Christians shouldn't date. And that book sold over a million copies. I was a youth director at the time, so I was very interested in this book. And that book launched this young man on a path to become a pastor of a megachurch before he was even 30 years old. And the book he wrote was both popular and controversial. And some wise Christian counselors wrote a book in response, basically saying, look, you need to have boundaries in dating, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Now, this author, pastor, became aware of this book critiquing his views on dating. And he, again, he was still pretty young, so he went to his mentor and asked his mentor how he should handle the critique. And his mentor said, if you are going to be a strong leader, you must ignore all criticism. If you are going to be a strong leader, you must ignore all criticism. That is horrible advice. That's terrible advice he got from his mentor. Because when you ignore all criticism, you are closing yourself off to any potential correction. And when you close yourself off to correction, you are going to spend a lot of time wandering, which is exactly what this pastor and author did. He wandered. He went from being a Christian author to megachurch pastor to he is no longer a follower of Jesus. A couple years ago, he renounced his faith in Jesus. His mentor told him not to listen to correction, and it led him astray. We all have critics. <laughs> Some critics 
Okay, let's be honest. Some critics are just mean. All right. But other critics may have something helpful to offer. And while we must discern which is which, we must never be completely closed off to criticism. Rather, we must prayerfully ask, do the critics have a point? It might be a painful question to ponder. It's still good to ask because there may be truth in the criticism. And you have the right to be wrong. And reserving the right to be wrong, it wakes you up. Proverbs 13, verse 18 says, Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Now, heeding correction isn't just knowing what to do. It's actually doing it. Uh, Disregarding discipline means I won't do what I know is right. We're all guilty of this. I know what it will take to lose a little weight. I just don't want to do it, okay? When I get to the point of heeding correction, I will start to do the things I need to do to lose weight. A long time ago, I met with a guy who had a major problem in his life. He knew it was a problem. He knew it was wrong. He knew he needed to change it. He didn't argue any of that with me. He just said to me, I know what I need to do to change, but Chuck, what if I don't want to change? What if I like doing what I'm doing and don't want to give it up? Disregarding discipline will lead to poverty and shame. And it took a number of years, but this guy's disregard of discipline literally cost him everything. Heeding correction, on the other hand, leads to honor. The addict who gets the help they need and changes, stops abusing, we honor their correction and celebrate their new way of life. For people who, unlike me, actually do what they need to do to lose weight, and we see the results, and we're like, wow, that's amazing, and we honor their correction. Or kids, they change their study habits, and their grades improve. The parents are thrilled. The teachers are thrilled. We honor their correction. Endure pain in order to attain honor. It is painful to follow correction. It is more painful and costly not to. There are times in our lives when correction just needs to be heeded. It will be painful. It will require discipline. But the pain and discipline will be worth the honor that comes with it. The pain and discipline will be worth the life change that comes with it. And reserving the right to be wrong leads you to the wise. Proverbs 15, verse 12, where it says, Mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. We all know people who think they know it all. They're the smartest person in the room. They really aren't open to input from others. And that really is the problem for all of us. You know, with our, for some of us, with our knowledge and our experience and our giftedness, it can lead to arrogance. Well, then there are those who aren't very smart. They don't have the knowledge. 
the experience or the giftedness, and they still think they know it all. Those people are just dangerous. The Bible calls them mockers. And I heard a saying in college, early on in my college career, the more I learned, the more I realized, I don't know much. When we know that we don't know everything, that will lead us to seek out those who are wise, who can give us the insight and expertise that we need. And the more people who we have to help us, the better off we will be. Identify someone you can learn from. The more, the better. How many people can you identify who could give you wisdom you don't have? I will even go a step further, and I believe that everybody has something to teach me. Now, not every idea or insight people have is helpful or good, but I still think everyone can teach me something. Now, that may be a step too far for you, so just identify how many wise people you could approach to help you. If we're not open to correction, the book of Proverbs is meaningless. Being open to correction and instruction is a key to life. And the reality of the gospel is God is quick to forgive our sins. He's quick to forgive our sins. As it says in 1 John chapter 1, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to not admit it when we are wrong. When we are wrong, God expects us to admit it. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom is near. The first step to repentance is being open to correction. God is gracious with us in our sin. We just need to confess it. It's almost as if God is saying, look, 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 being wrong is okay, and I want to help you with this. Just tell me. Just admit it, and we can work with that. God is gracious with us in our sin. We just need to confess it. Reserving the right to be wrong. What command is hard for you to follow? Accept truth that is unpleasant for you. Do the critics have a point? Endure pain in order to attain honor. Identify someone you can learn from. The more, the better. Believe that God is quick to forgive. Please pray with me. And Lord, we do come before you grateful that you are a God of love, mercy, and grace. And on the cross, Jesus demonstrated how deep of a desire you have to forgive us. And so I ask that you uh, would soften our hearts and open our eyes, help us see in the ways in which we are wrong and are sinful. And Lord, to soften our hearts and open us up to correction. Correction that we encounter in your word and correction that we encounter through our brothers and sisters. Lord, it's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. 
receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.